This is the morning after the day before, after the morning after the day before. So it's the day after WrestleMania 36 Part 2. How are we doing today, chaps? Are we all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Tebs is. He's had about 15 hours sleep last night. I'm great. I'm spot on, yeah. Nice nice kick. I, I haven't had my uh, brew, as I've been uh, rudely called onto a podcast instead of having my morning cup of tea. But apart from that, I'll be all right. It's half past one, that's why. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sat there this morning, half seven, thinking, what am I doing in life? I should be sat in Florida. Instead, I'm going to go and clean windows. Ugh. But yeah, had to be How done. How are you feeling, Danny? You've been uh, up a bit, Danny. I feel like I've been looking at my phone and you've been popping up, liking pictures on Instagram. Yeah, I've been been up since about, well, I've been awake since about 10 o'clock. Probably been up for about an hour, uh, actually out of my pit. Um, yeah, this this uh, this morning's or this afternoon's podcast, from my point of view, is definitely being sponsored by Monster Energy um, and Pro Plus. So, on that note, boys, did you have a good night last night? It was the last night of WrestleMania weekend. I suppose we could say that there's Raw tonight, but really the. Uh, what we thought we'd me and Dan would be at and what everyone looks forward to. How different has it been to watching a WrestleMania at home normally? Well, I was sat last night, right? And I thought it looks like it's gonna rain. So I started taking washing in off the line, right? And I'm thinking, right now I should be in a taxi or in Chris's car on the way to Raymond James Stadium. And instead I'm taking washing off a washing line. So, yeah, it was a little bit different than I expected. But, I don't know, overall, I don't know if you feel the same, Ted. Going into it, I think the two days were better than I thought they were going to be. When we did the preview show last week, I was pretty miserable for me, which ain't like me. But um, it turned out, I think it was better overall. There was some weak parts to the show, some stuff I didn't disagree with. But there was a lot of positives to take out of both days. What, what did you think, Tim? Did you enjoy night two or not? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely enjoyed night two. Probably just as much as the first night. Um, it really just drive home that if they're going to put um, put a vault, if they were to put all these matches on a single card, it would have dragged. It would have been a, yeah. a, a log of a show. Um, but to split it up has actually made it more manageable, it made it more fun. I think it gave people who still had that enthusiasm for the final matches, whereas... You know, last year the the enthusiasm sort of dissipated after the Daniel Bryan Kofi match halfway through the night, and the crowds had to pick themselves up again. So, I think moving forward, if they don't stick with this format, then um, then they've missed a trick. To be honest, uh, in terms of how it is for the weekend, usually I stay up and watch the takeover the night before. So, uh, you know, having your whole uh, sleep pattern shifted by twelve hours, I've kind of got used to it by now for these big weekends. Um, so I kind of did miss uh, the, the NXT beforehand. Um, but in terms of the two nights, yeah, absolutely spot on for me. Re- really was surprising, actually. Even some of, um, with all due respect, the lesser matches um, really did deliver. Yeah, really chuffed, really chuffed. Yeah, so for the two-night thing, I mean, I think it's... I was sat and I thought, well, it's going like quick. I remember you saying, Danny, yesterday on yesterday's podcast, if you've not already checked it out, go on YouTube... Apple, Spotify, check out yesterday's two-hour podcast on day one. But what you were saying, Danny, is that the show proper flew um, on night one, or day one, yeah. whatever. 
And I was thinking, say if like you do two nights next year at WrestleMania, which currently, oh great, my cat's just been sick. Um, right, <laughs> right on the mat as well. Anyway, so yeah, it's a bit different to what I expected to be doing the day after WrestleMania. But yeah, so going back to that, Danny, right? So the card was flight flight flowing really nice. And I was thinking, I thought, the only difference is between what this WrestleMania was, yeah, and what it would be if they did two days next year, the entrances were dead quick weren't they this yeah. year 20 seconds maybe if like you have like the big grand entrances do you know what i mean would that take away obviously this year the matches seem to have a bit more time to breathe um was whereas if you add the entrances and all the fireworks and all whatever would it actually be the same being two nights for me i think it should be two nights definitely do it should be a weekend i think wwe did a better job with it than new japan did the whole two night thing um, but also, I think with it being two nights, obviously this year, the highlights of both nights for me personally were the stuff that didn't take place in the ring. The Firefly Funhouse match, the Undertaker AJ Styles match, yeah. But the big problem with that is, would the live audience at a WrestleMania allow for that to happen? You know, like, say if they did it another year. And I think if you did it over two nights, if you had a two-night show, it'd be fine watching one match on the big screen so yeah for me i think it's a big win being two nights Um sometimes you're watching a wrestling show i don't know if you two have had this and you think oh this is a really big show and i don't feel like i'm quite up for it as much as i should do but with this at least you get two chances so if you're feeling a bit tired one night or you can't get into it one night or your cat's just been sick on the floor so you're a bit pissed off do you know what i mean you've still got the other night to enjoy so yeah danny what do you think of the two nights well uh, going back Going back to what, what what I was saying, it it was watching the watching the whole thing at home. Um, bear in mind, I haven't done it now for three years. Um, it, uh, I, I, I no, sorry, four years. It, it's been since I watched it at home. I've I don't know. I I, I thought that I I didn't think. Sorry, I'm just trying to find the right words here. I thought it was a lot better than I expected it to be watching it at home and having the experience. You see, go back four years ago, the likes of wrestling streaming live on YouTube and NXT wasn't as prevalent. Um, Fight TV wasn't as prevalent. I think you can enjoy a really, really good experience from home. I think I'll, if I, I watch SmackDown live, I watched um, both nights of WrestleMania, and tonight I'm going to stay up and watch Raw. Um, basically, I've kept American time um, or East Coast time in that, so getting up and going to bed at similar times to what I would if I was in America. So it's actually worked really, really well for me. If you were somebody who was just in work and you, you take a week off work, and you in, you can take in indie shows on Fight TV. If ROH are doing a show, you can watch that. Then you can watch. You have the privilege of being able to then watch NXT afterwards. Um, I would make an event if I was ho if I'm home for this next year. I'll make an event out of it at home. Um, it, 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 I think it's a really positive experience, and it's something I haven't appreciated 
over the course of the last couple of years because I've been there. So that's that was a a, a nice thing for me. Um, now, obviously, these events weren't on this year, but you've got the likes of ROH and Evolve streaming previous live shows live on YouTube. You've got the Indie Mania that was on. Um, so I, I have I've enjoyed the experience. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to get over. But I think it's probably about time to uh, to dig into this match, uh, the match card now. Um, we started the match with pre-show Natalia versus Liv Morgan. Don't think anyone was expecting much from this. Um, Dan, I'll start with your thoughts on this one. No, I'm going to be honest with you. I was sat there for the first few minutes of the match thinking, oh my God, Liv Morgan is unbelievable. I think, Tebs, I think you thought the same thing as well, judging from what you put in the WhatsApp. But as the match went on, um, it was actually a really. I thought it was a good match. I thought Liv Morgan. I didn't realize she could actually go as. Because obviously, when she's having matches on Raw, I skip most of the stuff like that. Um, so I've not really seen her in a while in an actual match, and she's improved loads from what I could see from when I've, I'd previously watched her in NXT. I thought she was impressive. Obviously, Natalia, although. Oh, when Natalia was like screaming, I was thinking, please shut up. Couldn't be bothered being Tyson Kid. But um, I, I think Natalia carried her to a good match. I thought Liv looked impressive. And yeah, I think obviously Liv's got the look that Vince McMahon goes for. So yeah, if she can keep improving in the ring, keep looking like she does, I think she's got a bright future ahead. She gets the win here over Natalia. And yeah, I thought it was, I, th- I actually enjoyed this match. I'd probably say just as much as most of the matches on the card yesterday. I thought it was pretty good for a pre-show match. Um, another roll-up finish. Was it another roll-up? I thought they'd taken yeah. the piss out of me. But <laughs> it, it was decent. It was decent. I thought it was fine. Um, Tebs, you enjoy it? Yeah, it was uh, it, quite surprising as the Gulags. Is there a match from the pre-show before? Again, it was only given about five or ten minutes. Um, so you'd have thought it might be given a bit more room than that. Um, but during the match, I think it really did show, and it, and that um, that goes to Natalia's experience that you can bring that out of live. Because, like you say, I, I don't really watch you know main event. I, I skip through certain matches on Raw, and you don't really get a full um, a chance to fully appreciate what you know some people can deliver. So even if they're not on the main card, the chance to see Liv and Natalia in a match like this that was you know was competitive, it was two sided, there was some give and take to it. Um, really impressed. I just hope this is what they can give, you know, a chance to push Liv that bit further now, get her away from Lana and all that crap. Um, and maybe they're going to give her a push against Becky in the coming months. I don't know, but hopefully they'll um, they'll have that opportunity to really to really shine. But it was it was nice. It was a nice surprising match. It was good. It was clean. It was uh, didn't really see much, you know, wrong with it. Spot on. Absolutely cracking. That's that's what I've got down here. Um, not at all the type of match I was expecting, and I was pleasantly surprised with it. Um, I thought the facials on both of them were absolutely fantastic, considering they're in a sterile environment where you've got no crowd to play off. The reactions from both of them were great. Now, I like the interactions between them with Natalia screaming and them talking to each other constantly. Because there was no crowd there, I think it really added to it. And I think... The women have had that down throughout the uh, these two nights. They've they've been constantly interacting with each other or making sure the crowd know that they're hurt or that they're tired or that this match is taking a toll on them. So I, I've, I really enjoyed that bit about it. Roll-up mania continues, as Dan said, and Liv beat Natalia. Um, yeah, it was, it was a decent match. The actual pre-show for me 
was I said yesterday that I felt like I really enjoyed the pre-show, um, which I don't normally do. This one went back a little bit to <laughs> where I, I I don't enjoy them. Um, you see, the thing is, uh, if they're going to be doing interviews, if I would have preferred them to put on another match that we weren't expecting than basically showing the video packages that we're going to see later anyway. Um, I don't understand that. But when they were talking about Dolph Ziggler and Otis match, Cody Graves was quite funny because I think he said, um, he yeah. said, never mix business, never, never, never mix business with pleasure. And Rosenberg, who, although he'd forgotten his socks, um, was actually quite funny with his expressions as if to say, well, how, how can you talk about this? So yeah, that was quite good. Bit of pot calling the kettle black there, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, I like Graves. I like Graves and stuff like that. He, he would just stand on national, international TV and just go, yeah, what, what about it? Yeah, it was brilliant, weren't it? It was, it was. But did you not like the pre-show then, Danny? No, no, not not oh, especially. See, that we just just be different with stuff like that because, like you said, it showed the three video packages, maybe four for the matches. And as I'm sat there, I'm thinking, this is get... Because I think WWE usually do a great job with video packages at Mania. I was thinking, this is great. This is getting me excited for the show to begin. See, I I was loving the video packages, to be honest. I'd sooner watch video packages than Paul Rosenberg talking shit in his ballet shoes. But, yeah. I enjoy it. Ballet shoes aside... I do, and I, I do prefer them. I, and I know you were having a go at it last night. Actually, talking about the match um, in a kayfabe manner, I do like it if they're making sense. Sometimes they don't always make sense. Um, but there we are. Different, different uh, horses for courses, as they say. Um, we go on to the first match of the evening, and it is Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Um, First of all, I know it's got a lot of flack on Twitter, but I loved the change of gear for um, for Rhea. I she's been going to this Rocky Mosha gimmick sort of thing, which might be her, might not be her, but this was apparently a Dragon Ball Z reference, one of her favorite characters, which I don't know anything about. Um, but I think she looked a lot better. She looked a lot more like a wrestler in the gear that she was wearing. Um, the the match itself it was a nasty boost while Charlotte was in the tree well, right at the start of the match and again loving the interactions and the trash talk between the two um, and it's the first time I've noticed throughout the two nights and I don't know whether it's happened and I haven't noticed but it's the first time it's actually been real up in your face that somebody was actually working a body part over the first over the first over the two nights so that was good to see. Um, the figure eight, um, from the figure four to the figure eight, it makes no sense in terms of whether it, it actually adds any pain, but I think it just looks fucking cool. Love that finish. Love the match. Um, and I think probably Charlotte is the best women's wrestler I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't know that there's anyone better. I want to go over to Tebs with this first, mate. What was your thoughts on the match? Yeah, um, really enjoyed this one. Um, I love the old school, like you say, going after the leg, focusing on the leg. It's telling a story. I, I love the fact that Ripley was still selling it later on in the match. It wasn't just forgotten about after doing a couple of moves. Um, so it all added up to the, the story of the match, the psychology of the match. 
Um, it was actually quite a brutal physical match, um, one that I think Flair does excel at. In terms of the ring gear, um, I didn't get the Dragon Ball Z thing. It was for me, it was just a change to the Rhea Ripley I've been seeing on uh, NXT. So I, it took me back a little bit. I just thought oh, they're just trying to mainstream Rhea Ripley. Is this them trying to get a you know more kid friendly and a more uh, a likable appearance? I don't know, but anyway, it didn't take anything away. Um, the finish was great. I, I really appreciated watching Ripley actually watching anybody try and fight out of the figure eight or the figure four as opposed to just accepting it and laying back. Yeah. Ripley was actually using that, you know, excuse the pun, brutality of, you know, punching away at the legs, punching away, trying to fight out rather than the amount of times you see somebody get put in a, um, a figure eight or whatever and they just lay back and tap and cry and that's it. So it, it showed she was still fighting to the end. You know, I'm not going to yeah. lie, I was disappointed by the result, but mm, I'm, I've not walked away from it thinking Charlotte shouldn't have won that. Um, again, for me, I think it opens up a hell of a lot of possibilities of what they can do over on NXT for the next couple of months. Um, I, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, great opening. Great. And, and this, when I said yesterday that um, Lynch Baszler um, could well have been opening Mania, um, you know, instead of the Corbin match and the, the, the women's tag team, I take it back. I think this would have been number one. I think this was the match that would have, you know, the women headlined last year. The, you know, the new new generation of women are going to headline this year, but they're going to come out first. And I think if this would have gone on first at WrestleMania, it would have got a hell of a lot more plaudits than it's getting. I really do think that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you were talking about, and I agree with that, when you were talking about fighting out of the figure four there was a really really good spot and a really really great uh, camera shot when um, Rhea had Charlotte in the standing cloverleaf and Charlotte was reaching for the rope and you got the camera right in front of her just trying to get to the rope and then all yeah. of a sudden she was pulled back into the middle, really really good camera work and direction from WWE um, Dan, what's your thoughts on this one mate? Match of the weekend Inside inside the ring, that was the match of the weekend for me. I thought, thought it was brilliant. I thought they wrestled. They would have done that exact match for me if it was at the stadium itself. They didn't like change it up. They just went out there, did the match. I just thought it was brilliant. Um, you had like like you were saying, Danny and Tebs, like Charlotte was just ambushing the knee. She was going after the knee. I don't really recall it in the build-ups. I've not watched some of the build-up, but they said that Charlotte was attacking the knee in the build-up as well. So it played into the match. She just... The replay that it showed of one of the chop blocks, oh, it looked like that would have legitimately hurt. Um, yeah. I thought Rhea did a great job of selling it. Um, bit too much screaming, but hey, they still did a great job. Um, I could have maybe done without... It is the one thing that puts me off Charlotte a little bit. It's when she starts crying. But, hey, she likes to... She must just like that spot. I suppose she gets it off her dad. But um, it, it it was just a great match. I, the fact that they worked on the knee, it's, it's not hard. You can work on a body part for the entire match and it plays into the finish and the story makes sense. You have loads of great action in the meantime. I legitimately didn't know who was going to win this match, so it made it even more exciting. Um, I just... Genuinely, I think it is the best WWE women's match. 
I'd say at least in the last 12 months. I can't really think of one that was better. Maybe Becky, Sasha, Helena Cell was good. But for me, I just thought it was great. Really, yeah. really like this match. And I'd say in, inside that empty arena, this for me was the match of the weekend. I mean, I possibly would have had Rhea Ripley maybe win. I don't know, I've heard people say that. But at the same time, Charlotte can win this match. Rhea doesn't look any worse. It's not like... I've heard people say, oh, well, Shayna looked stronger in losing than Rhea because Shayna um, lost via roll-up, whereas um, Rhea tapped out. But for me, Rhea went out there, had a great match at WrestleMania with, like Danny said, one of the best female workers ever. She, you know what I mean, people, Vince, whoever, is going to watch that match and think, yeah, this girl can go. She can be a star. So Rhea can get this win back, what, maybe nine months' time, something like that. I just thought it was brilliant. Brilliant match, great performance. And, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, well, uh, just on that, mate, I thought you'd be used to women crying by now. Um, But we'll probably move on from that. That's probably best. Um, We move on to... uh, Black Lashley. Bobby, Bobby Lashley versus um, Alistair Black. Um, it was it was a short, okayish match for me. Uh, I think the Black Mass is always impressive to see, but to be honest with you, I'd have liked to have seen a lot more striking from both guys. Um, you know, one's a MMA competitor, the other one's a former kickboxer. It makes sense to have more striking in the match for me, but um, it was okay. No, nothing more, nothing less. Dan, what do you think on this one? Yeah, it didn't need to be on the card, did it? I'm assuming it no. was just there to get Alistair Black a win because um, yeah. they've been putting a lot of work into Black recently. Um, that, the belly-to-belly that Lashley gave uh, Black on the mat was brutal. Yeah. Well, that must have killed. But, um, yeah, apart that, it was just a simple. It was like a raw match that you'd see, weren't it? Um, they did, the, what, are they splitting up Lashley and Lana already? with Lana telling Lashley to put um, Black down and to hit the spear, which ends up costing Lashley the match. So, yeah, they're already starting with that. Um, yeah, it, it, it was fine. I thought it was okay. Nothing nothing wrong with it. It did it, it did its job um, to put Alistair Black over. So, yeah, Tabs? Yeah, totally agree, 100%. I mean, I've been back to what... Um... Danny was saying yesterday, or I think it was on the preview show, how is Bobby Lashley overlooked for a main event push? And I'm not saying he's the best in-ring competitor we've ever seen, but look at the guy. He is an absolute unit. He is a specimen of a man. And he's getting, you know, second on the card against Alistair Black. No disrespect to Alistair Black, but, you know, he's, he's stuck away after a barnstormer of a women's match. Um, still in a gimmick that he's cuckolded by his wife and getting screamed at every week. So it needs more to do. Um, But with that as well, Alistair Black, look at that entrance, just sticking on the the cloak or whatever it was with the the horns and things like that. You could have just known if he had a full WrestleMania entrance, Alistair Black would have, that would have been a a moment. That would have been a new Undertaker entrance, I think. I think they would have had something special there. I really hope they keep pushing Alistair Black and keep yeah. sticking a rocket up his ass and go to the sun because I, I really like him. Um, he's athletic, he's got the moves, his timing's impeccable with that black mass. Um, and both of these competitors, I think, are just being underserved right now. Um, and I really would love to see something more with them on a more, you know, on a, a bigger stage, a higher pedestal, even the US title, even you know, getting one of them two into a US title match against Andrade, I'd, I'd appreciate. Mm. 
Um, but as a match, Black Lashley, yep, three stars, standard, good for me. Good stuff. Um, yeah, as I say, it was it was it was just all right for me. Uh, going on what's been said about Bobby Lashley, uh, I don't see any reason not to put him after this and after what happened in the main event, not to put him and Brock together. Three grudge matches over three pay-per-views. Doesn't have to have a, that much of a story or that much of a build. Two big fucking wrestlers and actual legitimate freestyle wrestlers going at each other. In three, it doesn't have to be for titles. Three big grudge matches and make it feel like a big fight feel. That's yeah. it's got to be the way going forward for me. Yeah, you can easily turn Lashley face, can't you? Have him just bin off Lana, yeah, embarrass oh, yeah. her. She, she, he'll get back over with a crowd. You've got Paul Heyman. I know Bobby Lashley's not good on the mic, neither is Brock Lesnar. You've got Paul Heyman there who can do the job for both of them. Um, you could make this into a really big match. It's the sort of match you could have, like we said, on a SummerSlam, on a Survivor Series. But it just feels like they're not that really focused on Bobby Lashley right now. Yeah. Oh, well. What was oh, next? Well, oh, it's Dolph indeed. Ziggler. Was that what, what we- was next? Get in, big lads. Yes, Otis races there. Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> Otis for the win. Otis representing all the big, big fat lads out there. Uh, respect, brother. Um, some great fun in this match. I, I enjoyed every single moment of it. Wasn't a technical masterpiece. Dolph Ziggler can sell ice to the fucking Eskimos, as far as I'm concerned. Another one where he seems content in what he does for WWE, despite everyone wanting to see more for him, um, or despite the hardcore fans wanting more for him, I suppose you could say. The great thing in this match, which made me piss myself laughing, was JBL, again, with extraordinary commentary, saying, which, who does Osis remind you of? And he said, uh, Ivan Putsky, if he'd eaten Bam Bam Bigelow. That was just fucking brilliant. Um, Tebs, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, I think you know my thoughts. Absolutely love it. <laughs> bell to bell. Absolutely fantastic. I I don't pop much when I'm watching uh, wrestling at home. I'll sit and watch it quite passively on my own. And when Mandy's music came on, I was like, oh, come on, don't screw it. Don't screw it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then when she slapped... Oh man, I just I was I was dancing around the room. It was fantastic. I was I was I was explaining to my mate who was who came in to wonder what all the commotion was. And I just says when they get it right, they get it right. And this for me was a story, and I said it before, of the uh, the fat, clumsy, lovable, heart of gold uh bloke who got overlooked for the girl of his dreams by the handsome cool kid at school. And you know what? I think a lot of people can uh, emphasise with me there that that's something we've been through. And to see the guy get the girl in the end, that was like, yeah, fantastic. And I said on the podcast as well, there would have been nothing that made me happier than see Otis with Mandy in his arms, carrying her up the ramp like King Kong taking Fay Ray away. And there it ended like that. The big kiss on the ramp, absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I just can't... It, you know what? It wasn't a classic match. Uh, I don't think it'll be remembered, but it's all about what WrestleMania, WrestleMania means to people. And this that was delivered through with a, um, a happy ending, um, an outcome that is right for the story, gives everybody a bit of a lift. No backstabbing, no 
turns from Tucker at the end, no turn on Mandy, none of that. Just a nice heartwarming story, and that absolutely picked me up for the rest of the night. That's it. I think that's the best way to describe it, mate. The best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, so we, it was. Mike. It 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 was. It, how good would it have been at WrestleMania, though? You know, like in the state. I think sometimes you think how would like a WrestleMania audience react? Because sometimes they can react, sometimes they can't. I think the place would have been going crazy for that. Yeah. I really do think the place would have been blowing up for it. Um, yeah, it, it it was all about the moment after the match, weren't it? But one yeah. thing I will say, you've both watched SmackDown, haven't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know who was in that control room. We, I think it's Ali. Um, yeah. Yeah. Both. Uh, Ali. Mustafa Ali. Oh, right. I thought you meant Ali from uh, AEW then. Mustafa Ali, why would it be him? He's, there's been this been going on for a while now, hasn't it? These little flashes, and he's the one who's due to come back with the big fanfare, right? That's, yeah, that's... one of his early um, videos from a few weeks ago. Is him sort of doing the, you know, talking, doing the doing the promo down by you know the dockside or whatever, and he's got the hoodie on and he's talking about. People need to. I'm sure that he said something along the lines of people are going to learn the truth about me or something like that. So there's a bit of link up there. Uh, but yeah, the, the little glitches that keep getting seen on screen, they're, um, there's sort of a circle with a an upside down triangle in the middle of them. And it, it looks very similar to the, the light that he has on his gloves. So I've, I've got a feeling it's going to be him. I mean, there's lots of other options, but it's probably out there. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, no, I. It's just it's not very inspired, I suppose. But uh, if it gets them over, then it gets them over. Um, I'm going to move on now to uh, match four. Uh, last man standing match: Edge versus Randy Orton. It was shite. Um, then match five: Gronk wins the. Uh, no, no, we, we should really spend a little bit more time on this. Um, I really enjoyed the first five to seven minutes of this. Um, I enjoyed the start where. Edge was waiting for Randy and he comes in and he, he gets the RKO. And then it went to shit a little bit after the come out of the gym. I thought there were some cool little spots in the gym. Um, but then after that, it just seemed to go to shit. There was no passion in the commentary. There was no... The, the, a lot of people who were defending it on Twitter are saying it was the storytelling that kept them interested in the match. It was a 36-minute match. I couldn't see very, very much in the way of storytelling apart from the very start of the match and the very end of the match. Mm. Throughout the other 30 minutes, I did not see a great deal of storytelling at all. I saw a guided tour of the performance centre. That was it. Um, you know, so that's my opinion. I didn't like it. I thought it was the worst match of the weekend. And unfortunately, it was one of the ones that most people were looking forward to. I don't blame either wrestler. I blame the way it was booked, I blame the way it was agented, and I blame the way that it was delivered on a commentary standpoint. So I'll, I'll leave it to uh, I'll leave it to Tebs now because you can fuck right off, right? <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was sat there and I thought this little prick is going to go. So we're going to go to Tebs first on this one. <laughs> off Tebs, right? So Danny, you said right, you enjoyed that opening spot, yeah? Was this Where... was this your favourite match of the weekend? No. It is the worst match I have seen 
in WrestleMania history. It was that bad. People can say, oh, this match was bad, that match was bad. No, this is the second longest match in WrestleMania history. 36 minutes of this pure shite. It is criminal that this got through. You say you don't blame Edge or Randy Orton, yeah? Surely someone must have said to him, it's going 36 minutes. I can't believe two people as good and as experienced of Edge and Randy Orton said to themselves, oh, it's a good thing that this is going 36 minutes. I am literally bewildered. They sat there, both of them, and said, yeah, that's fine. We'll go 36 minutes. Surely they should know that that's too long for a match like this. If we'd have said on the preview show, yeah, oh, by the way, there's been a bit of a spoiler. Edge, Randy Orton goes 36 minutes. We'd have all been like, that is not a good idea. But anyway, so the match starts, yeah, right, Danny, with um, Randy Orton, RKO, and Edge done it from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm sat there, and Randy Orton's music hits, yeah? And say if he'd have RKO'd him within five seconds of his music hitting, I'd be like, yeah, oh, I like that. But Randy Orton's music is playing for about at least 25 seconds. And I'm thinking, turn around, Edge. Come on, you're a babyface. Don't be stupid. Randy Orton, the guy who's notorious finisher, is the RKO out of nowhere. Come on, he's not coming out. Turn around, turn around, but no, like a big, stupid idiot, Edge continues to stare up to the stage, and what happens, he turns into an RKO, and I thought, flipping out, what a way to make a guy look stupid. So I'm sat there thinking, oh, I didn't like that, but I've liked everything else on the show, and then we get this, we get the Chris Benoit tribute spot. I was watching it, and I'm thinking, as soon as they went to the gym, I'm thinking, please don't put anything around anyone's throat. And then I'm thinking... They're going to put something around someone's throat. And I thought, no, they won't do that. Come on, it was only two weeks ago, this documentary. Millions of people have watched it. They're not going to put something around anyone's throat. And I see the... I don't know what the term is for whatever gym equipment was. It's shaped like a noose. And I'm thinking, they're going to put his head in it. They're going to put his head in it. They put his head in it. Are they stupid? How insensitive I've, and how stupid... I've got to be... I'll have to jump in here because uh, last night you, you, you said this. It wasn't until you mentioned it that I even made the made the connection, and I think a lot of a lot of people. If you look at the the thing, a lot of people are saying yes. People of a certain age who remember it are saying yes. Um, that, that it was disgraceful. The first thing I thought of was the Chris Benoit murder homicide, double murder homicide, whatever. Um, I think a lot of people had never even occurred. To uh, me. I disagree. I, I disagree, I, Danny. I, I was. Just let me finish a quick thing. I was one of them, and I was one of the ones who lived through it. I didn't make that connection at all. I don't know whether Tebs did. No, no, I didn't get it until you mentioned it, but having looked on Twitter afterwards, well, everyone's shit. complaining about it. Every I know like, oh. you don't like talking about these wrestling journalists. They're all straight away, can't believe they've just done that, can't believe they've done that. Um, I was listening to Meltzer's show before I thought, I hope this idiot clock well not idiot but i hope he noticed it and he's saying he was getting texts from people working with wwe saying can't believe they just did that i've been on twitter after it flipping out I, I put a tweet up on twitter and i looked at it and it's got like i don't know it was just got my phone because i tweeted it and then carried on watching the match I thought what's going on with my phone i looked there's people liking it retweeting it a few people did say danny like you said they didn't notice but to me how can Edge and Randy Orton not have noticed? How can the people who edited this not have noticed it? You don't... The, the, the exact machine that Benoit did it with is next to them. 
there's something shaped like a noose and you're choking someone in it next to the machine where Chris Benoit killed himself. Are they stupid? It didn't need to happen. It was just... I, I, I was sat there for it. completely took me out of the match, which probably did me a favour from what I watched the rest of it. But I just think it was absolutely ridiculous. And I just thought... Oh, I don't know. It pissed me off. It pissed I, me off. They didn't need to do it. And it pissed off other people. I, so, think, you're, I think you're right in that respect. It did. It split... People either said the the didn't like it, or they said well, we, we never made the connection. I think probably a, a lot more people on Twitter noticed it um, and made that connection. But you are right in what you're saying. People did make the connection. It just wasn't me personally. Yeah, it wasn't no, no, Tebs. No, it wasn't I think it's other. easy to to have to have missed it. But for me, I'm that I've said on the previous shows, the match I'm looking forward to most is Edge Randy Orton. I was invest. I think it's been the best few going into it. And I just thought, I thought, it's took me out of it. They've done something. Took you out of the match. Took me out of it. I'm sat there annoyed about something. I'm just thinking, it's just insensitive. It's just typical WWE, just not thinking about the real world. And I don't know, it annoyed me. But <laughs> this match was absolutely terrible. I mean, you. I'm glad you mentioned it, Danny. The commentators, they sounded like they was just calling a match on main event or something. Yeah. Like, and he was just like sounding so bored. I mean, I'm a big fan of um I've forgotten his name, so I can't be that much of a big fan. The Tom guy Phillips. Tom Phillips, yeah. When he got took off SmackDown, I was like, Oh, I think he's one of the best commentators in WWE. He couldn't have sounded more bored. To be yeah. fair, I'm not surprised. Do you know what I mean? But I think Michael Cole, as much criticism as he gets, would have done a better job than this. The match just went on and on and on. But I can sort of like get the thought behind why they did the match like they did, but 36 minutes, it, it, uh, the worst thing is, yeah, it wasn't even like it was live, yeah, they've been sat on this match for a week, yeah, somebody, surely people have watched this match, they've, do you know what I mean, surely somebody could have gone, look, this is absolutely terrible, mm. and no, do you know what I mean, there's no excuse for a pre-recorded terrible match that you can easily edit to just be on. I just thought it, it was terrible. The one thing I will say, I would have given it a dud if it weren't for this. At least the last minute of the match made sense. Edge got his revenge, yeah. He hit the concerto. And, but at the same time, I started thinking Edge is looking like he, he can't bring himself to do it. And I'm thinking, come on, the guy spoke about your kids. He's RKO'd your wife. He's tried to ruin your career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need any like regret about it. You just do it. But I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, at least now Edge's in-ring return hasn't actually been wasted. Because I still, that to me, weren't a match last night. I don't know what it was. It was just, for me, I'm honest, I can't think of a worse WrestleMania match that I've watched. I'm sure there was ones on the earlier WrestleMania shows that were worse. But for two wrestlers as good as Edge and Randy Orton are, with the experience that they've had, the fact it was pre-recorded, the fact they had such a great feud going into it to work with. Like you said, Danny, there was just half an hour of just, oh, you do this, you do that. There was no storytelling involved in it at all except for the ending. I just thought it was it was awful. I suppose that's the good thing about WWE, if you're doing a podcast like we are. They never just, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. It's either really horrific or really good. So, yeah. Tebs, you enjoy this one? I loved it. No, I hated it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had a few bits coming out of this. First of all, 
Um, the people to blame for that uh, are not Edge and Randy Orton, I don't believe. If it's it's a pre, uh, pre-taped match, then, you know, in theory, they could have possibly done an hour of whatever that was and then edited it down to what they came out with. So even if this was the full unedited match, there are a lot of people skillful enough to be able to edit down certain, you know, certain chunks of downtime of dragging people around to make it into a much more snappy affair, much more quick, um, brutal match. I mean, I, I was expecting a, a, you know, a street fight all over the, the building. I wasn't expecting, look, it was Randy Orton at the end of the day, so I think we should know what to expect in terms of Peyton and his methodical style, should we say. Um, so it absolutely should have been edited down <clears throat> into something a lot more uh, manageable. I think uh, the commentators did not do it justice whatsoever. They sounded like they were commentating on, I mean, Meltz put it as the Masters. It sounded like they were commentating on the golf rather than a, a brutal yeah. revenge match. Yeah, I, I um, to- and then totally I- agree with that, Matt. And then I was thinking back to, I mean, I love the bit at the beginning. I thought it was genius. Yep, it made Edge look dumb. These bits always do. Um, even I was saying, look, turn around, mate. Some, you know, the guy who sneaks up behind people is going to sneak up behind you. But I thought, in a way of getting Orton to the ring, um, coming in as cameraman, I, I like little touches like that. But I'm afraid the 26 minutes that went in between it um, was just boring. Um, and a lot the, the Benoit thing, Look, on hindsight, yeah, it's, it doesn't look great, but do I believe anybody in their right mind would have sat down and planned, performed, filmed, edited, and broadcasted um, with the intention of parodying, should I say, emulating, whatever the word is, um, a double murder-suicide? I do not think that at all. I do not think Edge, Randy Orton, any of the bookers, the editors, I do not think anybody sat down and went, I'll tell you what would be good. Why do you, why do you choke him with gym equipment? I don't think that at all. I just think it's a it's um, a very, very badly timed coincidence um, that, you know, should have been picked up. I think it, a lot of people might have just looked at it and not even put two and two together. Yes, they should have done. Um, but there's been lots of other cases happen to any right now but there's been lots of other cases and things such as you know in films and WWE where you say well you should have known that you should have put that connection well I didn't it was just a spur of the moment thing um, on hindsight again that's where the editing comes in it should have been edited out I really do believe that somebody should have picked that up I just think it was a poor coincidence and going back to the if, if you remember NXT from a few weeks ago when Gagano and Champa came face to face after Gagano screwed him out the title do you remember that and they had a, they were fighting in the the performance center, and then they went out through into the gym. It was about ten. Minutes. It was about ten minutes. They were throwing weights at each other. They were scrapping. They were, and you know what? They probably played out the same match in the same locations. And I won't be surprised if that was a precursor to this match. But they played out the same match with a hundred times more intensity, more violence. There was more story to it. It was more natural, more fluid. This just felt like they were moving from spot to spot, room to room, um, with the intention of getting onto that 
truck at the end to do the final spot. It, it, it was a, it was very disappointing. Shall I say, very disappointing. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't think we should spend too much longer on this because I think a lot of people have very, very similar opinions on it. And you know, there, there was a couple of cool spots. Um, Edge coming off the top, doing an elbow drop on the table was really cool. And the actual way he climbed up on the office table or the boardroom table and did the elbow down, I thought that was good as well. There was some good spots in it. It just, it was what it was. Uh, we'll move on. From can I, can I just um, say yeah. something? Have either of you two watched the Edge documentary? I'm hearing it's meant to be the best WWE 24 you've ever done. Not yet. No. Tebs? No, I, I, don't really watch them. I don't know why. I'm, what? Uh, do you know? Oh, they're great. You do, don't you, Danny, usually? I yeah, think. I'll be honest with you. I think the documentaries and things like that and 365 and, you know, um, are some of the most value in the WWE Network. That, that gives me the most value. Yeah, I was thinking, like, say if it's good, right, maybe, you know, like, with, like we're saying, like, with Raw, what do you do with Raw, these up, instead of, like, showing matches from, like, 10 years ago, maybe they could just put some of these WWE 24 things on Raw, do you know what I mean? To take up time, but mm, no. yeah, maybe bits and bobs and edit it in a nice way and throw some matches in it, it could, could well be done um, I, I don't know Well, we've got uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship match coming up um, uh, the Street Profits Austin Theory and Angel Garcia, Angel Garcia, I don't know how to say it. Um, Angel Garza. Angel Garza, sorry. I think the best thing about this match was probably Bianca Belair coming down um, to take down Zelina um, because I think she's married to Montez Ford, isn't she? Um I, I didn't. I don't know whether. The, I, I don't think the match was particularly bad. I think I'd just been taken out by the previous match. I, I got bored. I was looking at my phone. I, I wasn't particularly interested. It wasn't until halfway through the next match that I started actually becoming invested again, which was a bad thing. But it, it was what it was. The Street Profits won, and as I say, Bianca Belair probably uh, probably got the, uh, the the moments of the match, and she wasn't even involved in it. Yeah, I'm going to be totally honest. As soon as I watched Edge, Edge Orton, this match, I completely forgot this match was even taking place. But for it to be so high up in the card, um, I thought, wow, I need to go and get a drink. And that, Danny, I drew for your favourite. I got a Monster Zero. Yeah. And cool then, do you, know, do you know what I spent the whole of this match doing? Pissing. <laughs> no. I was trying to work <laughs> out if it was vegetarian or not. I looked at the back and it said taurine on it. And I thought, I'm sure someone told me that taurine something to do with like bulls. Yeah. So I Googled it. And then on the Monster website, it said that all our drinks are suitable for vegetarians. And I thought, so I was tra- sat trying to work it out. And then in the end, after the incident with a jalapeno and cheese crisp the other week, I thought, I'll just leave it. So, yeah. <laughs> So I wasted the whole match going to the fridge to get a monster energy. And in the end, I just sat there and ate a crunchy bar. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on this match. Good choice of chocolate bar, by the way. Oh, it is the best. Jim Royal Royal believes in it as well. Yeah, (laughs) crunchy. Oh, you suck the chocolate off. You've got that lovely honeycomb centre. Oh, brilliant. This podcast may include paid sponsorship from Cadbury's and the Craft Company. Tebs, what did you think of this one? Um, I'd probably go for the Whisper Gold over a Crunchy. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, sorry, you mean the match? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know what? I think they put this where it was to give people a, a palate cleanser after what they imagined to be a really intense <laughs> um, Edge Randy Orton match. I, I do believe that. You had 36 minutes. Yeah. When, oh, you know, it's this brutal, intense confrontation between two old friends. They need a, a palate cleanser afterwards. There's always these matches that are pawn after the big long matches. Um, I, by the, I just needed some time away from the TV, to be honest. I went out, had a smoke, like you say, got a drink, got back, and it was halfway through the match already. Which, and it goes back to these bits in between the matches as well. That there was, you know, the one, there was a couple of interviews every so often. There was the one 24 7 piece, but apart from that, uh, and it goes back to this pacing thing of, you know, literally, if, if you watch the Edge Randy Orton match, I went aside, had a smoke got some food, got a drink, came back up to my room, and we were three minutes into the next match. Um, so I think, you know, they could have had something in between just to give the audience the chance to go and go away and, you know, refresh after what was what was uh, such an intense experience. Um, I was surprised by Bianca Belair coming out. I didn't know she was married to Ford. Um, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm there thinking, okay, if this is her big push up to the roster maybe they're doing it tonight so because they're not going to have a raw tomorrow which is when you usually get new stars coming in into the raw after wrestlemania is yeah. usually where people debut so i'm thinking was she brought in for that and i just thought this is bianca belair you know eliminated god knows how many how many people from the from the royal rumble she was very nearly included in the charlotte flair rhea ripley match or she was involved in the rivalry for for a time being why is she getting a big debut taking out Zelina Vega, who, again, all due respect to her, is not high up on the women's roster. So that was a bit of a surprise, but maybe they were just giving her uh, her main roster debut on WrestleMania as opposed to saving it for the Raw the following night. Um, again, going back, I think it leaves NXT, the NXT women's roster looking a little threadbare. Um but if that's her coming up, then fantastic. I like Bianca Belair. I think she's great. Um, if Maybe even if she can join the Street Profits like Zelina Vega's getting her own little thing going on. Um, I won't mind that. I won't mind seeing a group of them like that. Um, in terms of the actual match, you've got a great couple of cruiserweights there. Street Profits are always fun to watch. It, I think this was just to get everybody over what was uh, you know, an intense 40 minutes just before it. Yeah, okay, I can see that, mate. I think, um, as you said, the palate cleanser is probably the best, the best way to describe it because it, it, you were you were taken out of the match, whether it was because it was intended to be good or the way it transpired. But we've um, we move on to the next match, which is a SmackDown Women's. Ta- oh, I'll tell you what we did miss. We've missed Gronk winning the twenty four seven title. Um, I actually quite liked it. I liked the little uh, little dive he took from the back. He's won the title. It's 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 a fun title. It's meaningless. I'm happy with him winning it and seeing what comes of it. So we we shall see. Anyone else got any major thoughts on the issue? Yeah, they did a good job with the uh, social distancing during that, that match. But, <laughs> yeah. No, so we'll move on to the uh, the SmackDown Women's champ- Championship again. I was a little bit out of this match, and I I probably shouldn't have been um, because of the the previous match. But it did get me back into it, and that's uh, that's what I'd say is quite a compliment to the match. 
Um, wasn't expecting it to be as good as I actually found it once I got into it. Um, There's some really, really good little spots in this. I think Lacey Evans, who I think is improving every time I see her, I'm not saying she's there yet, I'm not saying she's a finished article, but she's getting there each time I see her in a big match. Um, no, no botches from her tonight. Um, what I really love is that spring up moon. So from the second rope to the top, the turn, and then over. That was brilliant. I thought the spot where um, they'd done the women's right to Sasha instead of Baby when he sort of saved it at the end. The way Sasha took that that um, yeah was absolutely fantastic. She ended up being uh, looking like she'd been completely destroyed. Um, absolutely fantastic. Didn't mind the ending, barely hanging on to the title. I think it could do with a shake-up. But other than Sasha Banks, I don't know where they go with it. Um, I'd like to see the obvious breakup of these two and another match, just them two alone. Let it go. It's a rivalry. That's what I'd like to see. I'll start with Tebs on this one. Yeah, that's that's the thing that always seems to come out of these matches with Bailey and Sasha Banks involved for the last what, three years? Can't wait to see them go against each other. Can't wait to go and see them against each other. And it just never happened. So I'm I'm stopping getting excited about that for now. Um, yeah, very serviceable match. I think if I'd have wrote a list down of what I expected to happen in it, um, I could have ticked it all off, really. Um, you know, confusion between Bailey and Banks. Tamina getting overpowered by everybody. She was just there to fill the numbers, which was a bit disappointing. Again, if you're going to put her in a match at WrestleMania, at least give her something to do. I know she had a few top power spots. Uh, yeah. But it was the classic everybody pile on top of her because she, she's too strong to kick out. Um, uh, the only thing I'm thinking of this is it needs a shake-up moving forward. It wasn't a bad match. It was serviceable. It was fine. Um, but for a match that has, excuse me, for a, a WrestleMania card that has two women's matches on it, one of them shouldn't be fine. It should be the best you've got on SmackDown. And if this is the best that SmackDown can offer right now, that's that's worrying. Um, I can imagine when Ronda comes back, she's going to be on SmackDown, um, which will help shake things up a bit. Um, but apart from that, it's got to be Bailey Banks moving forward. There's got to be something yeah. there because, um, I, I, again, you've just put everybody who's on the women's roster against Bailey, and she's beaten them. So it goes back to the Raw piece now. Who's who have you got to take on Becky Lynch now? She's beaten the person who's beaten everybody else. Who's barely got to contend with now on the SmackDown roster? There isn't anyone. So, you know, coming out of this, I always look at what, what it does for the story moving forward rather than the actual match. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was fine. It was predictable, which was a shame. Um, did the job move on? Yeah, I think I'm going to defend WWE on this, actually. Um so I, they are, they have been. I know what you're saying, Tebs. I strongly believe that your Raw women's match and your SmackDown women's match should be the biggest possible match that you can put on. I remember being annoyed about it at WrestleMania 33, where they did the same thing. I think if you remember, yeah, they did a five. Weird. I think Becky did. Becky win the title, or did she drop the title? She dropped the title to Naomi, didn't she? It was Naomi's hometown. And I remember thinking, look, you could have just done Naomi against Becky or Naomi against Alexa Bliss, whoever was champion. But I think, I think, obviously I don't know, but I think the plan would have been to do Bailey versus Sasha at Mania, yeah. But if you think about it, during January, start of February, Tebs, you'll probably remember this, I think you watched the weekly TV more than us. 
Yeah. Sasha wasn't wrestling, was she? There was like, I think there was like a concussion worry or something. If you remember, she'd be advertised for a match and then that match just wouldn't take place because each week he couldn't clear her. So I yeah, think... supposed to be her against Lacey Evans when yeah. the rival were going in. I think that was leading up to the Royal Rumble, you know. Right. See, I think they could have... Yeah, through January. Because I feel like Sasha hasn't really wrestled that much since. So maybe that to maybe we're just clutching at straws, but maybe they didn't want the build-up for a match that probably Sasha and Bailey see as huge. Do you know what I mean? It is a big match, one of the biggest women's matches you can put on. They've not had a singles match that I can remember since Brooklyn. They might have had a throwaway on Raw. So I think you do want it to be built up properly. Maybe by the time Sasha actually got cleared, there wasn't enough time. So I do like the fact... So they go in with the slow burn. And speaking of slow burn, they did the exact spot that happened during another slow burn feud, which was Triple H versus Batista. And at New Year's Revolution 2005, it was the Elimination Chamber. And they had a spot where Batista, I think it was, was going to get pinned, I think, by Randy Orton. And Triple H was sat in the corner and he went to stand up to a... Uh, break the pinfall up. Well, he just slightly moved and then he sat back down and they sort of did the same spot with Bailey and Sasha today, well, last night. So I think that was an indication this is where we're going. We're going with Bailey and Sasha. Um, it feels like it's the match that always seems to be planned that never seems to happen. But mm. where's, where is... So from what you've seen, Sasha is going to be the baby face in this, yeah? Because Bailey was the one who didn't break up yeah. the where is SummerSlam this year? SummerSlam is in Sasha's hometown of Boston. So do Sasha against Bailey in Boston at SummerSlam. Hopefully that's where it is anyway. Um, yeah. Touch wood. Um, so yeah, I'd go that route. Or and we were trying to say, where else could you go, Tebs? Maybe Rhea Ripley's lost this NXT title to Charlotte. Maybe put Rhea Ripley on SmackDown. I think she'd have some interesting matches with Bailey with Sasha. Um, so yeah, I think the possibilities yeah. are endless they'll probably do none of them and we'll end up getting Tamina versus Bailey at SummerSlam but hey <laughs> I mean, I think well, I'm going, going back I think the only reason Flair is has got the NXT title is because that's adding some extra star power for NXT over the summer yeah um, especially if you're taking Bianca out of um, yeah. NXT and maybe you even Rhea you can't keep Charlotte strong on Raw without her constantly having to take Becky on. That that rivalry's got stale. So moving Charlotte to NXT, I think, is absolute genius. Um, but if you then, I mean, taking Rhea Ripley out of NXT and putting her on SmackDown, that would work. But then again, you, who's this big... Uh, I mean, you've got Charlotte versus, what, Io Shirai, people like that on NXT. I'm, I'm thinking way ahead, but... It needs something. All I keep thinking we're watching SmackDown is um, I'm, I'm sick of this. It needs new blood. Um, and they're just not finding it at the minute, which is concerning for that division. But mm. Well, I've, I've got to sum up. I think we were, we were all quite quietly impressed by the match. Um, it's probably the best way to put it. Um, and I'd like, to, as I say, I'd like to see some of the storylines that's come out of it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, We've got coming up next. Um, I, I'm going to try and leave you guys to talk about this. <laughs> Cheers, because I, I I watched it and I thought I I, I kind of don't know whether I love it or whether I'm completely indifferent towards it. It was such a strange thing because we're not used to watching it. 
I've rewatched it again, um, and I, I I think it's absolute genius. Um, you know, as I say, I won't go into it much. It was completely different from the Boneyard match. I thought it was completely mad and masterful all at the same time. But I, some of the some of the things that went in, some of the inside jokes were hilarious. All I'm going to say about it is. It was a cinema. I thought cinematically it was great for a wrestling company the way they did it, and the storytelling and the piecing it together. And I know you're a big film fan, Tebs. Mm-hmm. If if Bray Wyatt doesn't get an Oscar for this as the best male, there's no fucking justice in the world as far as I'm concerned. Dan, I'll start with you on this one. What's uh, what's your thoughts on the? Firefly Funhouse match. Genius. Absolutely genius. But, Tebs, did you watch WrestleMania 30? I can't remember if you got back into wrestling by this point. Maybe, I can't remember. Remind me. Well, it was Cena against Wyatt, Mania 30. Oh, yes. I've seen it. I've never watched it live, but I've seen it. Right, they had like this whole... I was so invested in Bray Wyatt at this point in time. Um, he was probably the wrestler that I enjoyed watching in terms of his promos and stuff. I loved the Cena-Wyatt feud. And they sort of ruined it by having Cena. They had three pay-per-view matches. Cena won the first one. Bray got the second one. And Cena got the third one. And that was it. After that, Wyatt, for me, was not quite the same. And then The Undertaker put that final nail in the coffin. So I was thinking, since I love the old Bray Wyatt character, I'm not the biggest fan of this Fiend gimmick. I, I love the entrance, but apart from that, it's just not really done it for me. So, And I've re- it's one of the things that I've really wanted to enjoy, but I've just not been able to. Whether that's because I'm a bit of a snob and it's like, oh, well, he can't have a four-star match, so fuck him. But the Firefly Funhouse is not... I preferred the Bray Wyatt that we used to see. But this mix of it that we got today... Uh, last night, sorry, I keep saying today. It feels like today. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. It it sort of co- they couldn't have Cena and Wyatt couldn't have had a great match at WrestleMania. I don't think and told had the storytelling in it like they did in this. There were just so many little things. I loved how they threw back to WrestleMania 30, where it even showed the footage, which was made it even greater. Where you had Wyatt dancing around the ring with Cena. They did that again. Um, you had like all Wyatt saying, "Oh, Cena, you listen to the people," and it shows the people serenading Bray Wyatt. So he's got the whole world in his hands. I remember the night after that WrestleMania, Bray Wyatt was the most over character yes. on Raw. If you remember, they was just all chanting, "Wyatt's gonna kill you" in a six-man tag team match. And I was just like, "Wow, they've really got something with this guy. He could be." I know the comparisons always made. He could be the next Undertaker. People say, like me, I've said it. He can't work as well as the Undertaker. Undertaker, when he was doing this gimmick at the beginning, wasn't going out and having great matches. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. You, <laughs> the, the throwback where Brett, where Bray Wyatt singing Nikki Bella's theme tune. I was like, <laughs> as soon as they did that, I thought they've got me here. They've got me. The throwback. I thought this was great. Where they did few people. I seen were like, I don't get it. This is just random bollocks. Why? Why is he out in the NWO? The whole thing I saw it as was well, Hulk Hogan. That was his big heel turn in the NWO, and the big yeah. thing was it. All for years, all we heard is, is this going to be the year they turn John Cena heel? Is this the WrestleMania they turn him heel? Never happened. So they mentioned that in it. 
I just thought it was the perfect culmination of what has been six years of Bray Wyatt trying to get back to the point. The most over point in Bray Wyatt's career was around the time of WrestleMania 30. And I think six years on, Bray Wyatt, when he's next in front of a crowd after this, is going to be over like hell. It was the perfect culmination. Cena puts him over. Yeah, sure, it wasn't like a traditional match. It didn't have to be. It, Bray Wyatt is going to be so over after this. It was the culmination of that. And I'm hoping next year we can get the nail taken out the coffin and we can get Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt in a boneyard Firefly Funhouse match. I loved it. Ted, yes. did you enjoy it as much as I did? No. Afraid oh. not. I thought um, I was going to say no. Um, you know what? As Yes, I am a film fan, Danny. Um, as a short film, it was fun. Um, with wrestling Easter eggs in there, shall I say? It was such good you... shit. Such good yeah, shit. It was, oh, that was, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Look, don't get me wrong. I didn't hate it. Um, you know, as a, like I said, as a shot, a Bray Wyatt short film starring John Cena, it was fun. I wanted to watch a wrestling match. And you're saying it wasn't a wrestling match in the same sense. There was a mandible claw, and that's it. And... For me, I'm watching that, and yeah, I like all the nods. Uh, you know, it's a nod back to WCW. There's a nod back to Husky Harris or whatever. There's a nod back to Doctor of Economics, and I, and I get it. It's going through all these different stages, and, and the concept was very good. It was clever. There was, like, say, some funny moments in there. Um, but for me, sitting down to watch a match, I expected maybe, you know, there to be some wrestling going on in between all this stuff. I. You know, maybe I was maybe I was expecting wrong. I don't know, but um, no, I don't I, think you were. I don't think you were expecting wrong. I think it surprised us all. This, yeah, and it was clever. Don't get me wrong; it was it was clever. It was well put together. I think even taking risks like you know putting the NWO on and um, Vince Mc, the what is it Vince McBoss man or something saying yeah. oh, this is such good shit again. It was good, and it was designed to pop the crowd. And and like I say, it, for people who know their wrestling history, it was great. Um, as a match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt, uh, I was expecting a match between them, um, so I was a bit disappointed by that. Um, it was clever, and it took some risks. I don't think they would have done this if it had been a normal WrestleMania, not no. in the slightest. This, to me, was... Um, this was like a breaking SmackDown where the show they'd show this, you know, maybe it felt like there was a couple of weeks worth of videos, Funhouse videos, all stuck together. It just felt like promo after promo after promo. And I, I, I know it's there's a lot more history to Bray Wyatt than I'm probably fully informed about, but just as an experience of watching it at WrestleMania, the second to last match of the night, you know, I'm looking forward to these two clashing. I wanted to see a wrestling match. Um, and it was a it was a a comedy film that looked like um, some students have put it together, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. But after watching the Boneyard match and the the production value of that and the spectacle, this just looked like it was a bunch of Bray Wyatt promos all stuck together with John Cena in, and it was disappointing. It was disappointing. Oh, I was not I'm sad. I, yeah, I think. I think, I've got to be honest, I was expecting a lot of people to have that reaction, though. It's one of them, I think, where you look at it straight away 
and you you either love what love what you saw or you hated what you saw. It took me a few minutes because it was so shocking, but I've I, yeah. I love it. But I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's like yeah. Tebs. You know, you say about the match, yeah, right. So mm. if there would have been a John Cena Bray Wyatt match, right, it would have been just like. Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. It would have just been like, look at Bray Wyatt's last matches under this Fiend gimmick. The match with Rollins. The match with Goldberg. Even Daniel Bryan. And it's like, it would have just been like that, but with no crowd reaction in front of a dead arena. It would have just been Bray Wyatt hitting his finish, choking him, making that scream. It would have just been like, look at Drew McIntyre. He won, we're going to talk about that next. He won that match, yeah. And instead of thinking, wow, well, maybe people dis- disagree, and, wow, what, what a great rub Drew McIntyre's got. I was just thinking, what a shame. He's won the title. And it's just like, Meh. do you know what I mean? It's just like move, move in a warehouse. It was like watching, it was like watching the access matches that me and Danny watched last year. And it was just, I just feel like Bray Wyatt is going to get so much more Oh, out of what we saw last night than he would have done just by beating Cena in front of nobody. And from a selfish point of view, I've wanted to get back into this Bray Wyatt character the entire last year, and it annoys me to see how much people like you, Tebs, love the character, whereas I used to be one of the biggest Bray Wyatt fans out there, and I'm thinking, I just can't get into it. And now I feel like I can, purely because of that from last night. I didn't hate what I was watching. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't sat there thinking, oh my God, this is embarrassing. Not at all. But from what was offered and what was sold to me and what appeared were two different things, in my my opinion. You know, you order a steak pie and you get chicken and mushroom. Well, okay, it's the same thing, but it just doesn't taste right to me. And, That's good. and I was watching, and you know, even just shortly afterwards, I just thought, okay, so he's transported Cena to the funhouse. Don't go through this door because abandon all hope, etc. So Cena's gone in to this world, and they're in a wrestling ring, and I just thought, each of these segments, the Doctor of Thugonomics, the Ruthless Aggression, the NWO, all the way up to nowadays, if it had been Cena and Wyatt, so Cena's trying to fight Wyatt and wrestle him, and trying to escape this world by beating the Fiend, and just before Cena gets the upper hand, the Fiend does something and transports them to another story gimmick era you know and if for me there wasn't a narrative to the story it was just um let's do reflection now let's do nwo now let's do this now let's do this and then in the end it sticks the mandible claw and that's it if it had been seen like i say fighting the fiend trying to fight his way out of this nightmare world and each time cena like i say gets the upper hand and the fiend manages to evade him and transports him to another section of the funhouse then i'd have got the, the narrative behind it this for me they've given a camera to sorry they've given a camera to bray they've given him a production crew and gone what do you think it'd be hilarious let's let's do some promos um yeah it kind of lost me a little bit but i get why people enjoyed it and i don't begrudge anybody mm. sorry in, ter- in terms of the narrative sorry it was me waiting to jump in on you there pop I I thought the way I read into it is Bray Wyatt using his supernatural abilities to make John Cena face himself throughout all the stages of his career. So he wasn't facing Bray Wyatt, he was facing himself and his failures and um, not being able to put Bray Wyatt over Jordan back in the day. Um, it was like, 
that's that's the way I looked at it, and that's the way I looked at the narrative. It's Bray Wyatt blaming John Cena and making Cena face up to the realities that he didn't storyline wise put anyone over because I completely disagree with that narrative in real life. But that's what I think they were going for there. Um, And as I say, I I, I did, I did enjoy it. I found it very much like, um, yeah, it was a Goldfinger um, or, I can't remember. No, Man with the Golden Gun, James Bond, where he's in the, um, he's in Scaramanga's lair and he's going through that like, fun house type thing where he you know he, he sees himself looking back at him he sees a model of himself looking back yeah. so that's what i thought he was going for mr scaramanga what a film that is danny Chris, Chris <laughs> yeah decent film decent film. right uh, boys we'll move on now um we'll move on to wwe championship match brock lesnar drew mcintyre let me down greatly this match um and you know I'm not, as I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Drew McIntyre. I don't think he let anyone down. I think the match was just really poorly, poorly booked. I can see that the fact that they might be trying to have a reboot by putting fresh faces, two guys that have never won the world championship in terms of Braun Strowman and Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre in the place with very, very quick matches, clearing out the old generation. It just neither Goldberg, Strowman worked more for me, much more for me than this did. It made me feel like these finishes don't matter. Um, the next time Drew hits a Claymore, or the next time Brock hits an F5, there's probably not going to be a pinfall because you know they've hit that many f- fucking finishes in the whole match. Didn't enjoy the match, and why I can I can see why they did it. Um, I, I didn't enjoy the the results, so I'll leave it at that because I haven't really got much more to say about it. I'll go over to Dan. Yeah. So for me, right, like like we talked about in the preview show, should have just got rid of it. Not had Drew win his first title in front of nobody in this warehouse. I would have just had for me. I, I don't know. After watching what I personally thought was the brilliance of the Bray Wyatt thing, to then go back to this warehouse. And be like, oh, we're still here, are we? Having a match with no reaction. Oh, this... can we just say? Can we just talk about Titus's reaction? Oh to the yeah, house match. He I was there, like being there just for that reaction. Sorry, Dan, I will let I, you continue. I, I didn't really like it to be honest that bit, but anyway, <laughs> that's a different point. Um, for me, what? So I can't. I've lost track of what I was saying. So they come ma- back to the warehouse. Right. So we had. Didn't we? We had the two title matches, right? We had Goldberg versus Braun. Yep. And then we had Drew versus Brock. Right? They were the two title matches that were pretty much identical on each different night. Yeah? And then we had two of the matches that were not filmed in the building in the Wyatt match and the Undertaker match. Those two matches, despite being basically the same, being filmed, do you know what I mean, elsewhere being a bit like supernatural, they could have both easily fell into the trap of being exactly the same. Yeah. But it was just so far. You couldn't, like, I was going to say, talking about, like, it maybe should have been, like, more wrestling in that match. 
then people for me would have been saying, oh, it was good, but it was nowhere near as good as Taker AJ. So I like the fact that they just completely shook it up and did two, they went two opposite directions, even though what we were seeing was still basically the same sort of genre. And then we had the Goldberg Strowman match, which was four finishers, kick out, four finishers, wins the title. And then we had the exact same thing with Brock and Drew. It was, what, four finishers, kick out, maybe a suplex thrown in for good measure, and then a few more finishers, and he wins the title. And it was just too much of the same for me. I I didn't, I don't feel like coming out of this, Drew got anywhere near the rub that he should have got for beating Brock Lesnar. I don't think it was the right time to do it. I get that they wanted to end WrestleMania with a feel-good moment. But for me, I was just looking at it thinking, Ugh, I did it. I don't know. I think it should have been saved. The match itself was nothing to write home about. Um, so, yeah, I would have much preferred to have seen WrestleMania end with The Fiend, something I never thought I would have said a few months ago. Um, but, yeah, so for me, the match was, yeah, I could take it or leave it. It's not something from this from this WrestleMania. There's two things that are going to stick in my mind, and they were the matches that didn't take place in the ring. But, Tebs, did you enjoy this one? Because I think you're, you're quite a big Drew McIntyre fan, aren't you? Uh, I won't say I'm a big fan. I I, I get him. Um, I like his look. I like his work. Uh, and that's why I was excited for this. I'm, I, don't get me wrong, I don't, I, I don't hate him. I, I'm not going out to buy his posters. But um, <laughs> the... I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to throw it. Right, it... It obviously was a, a wrestling match. We got back to this. What is a but I expected a lot more to in and fro in. I expected a lot more maybe Drew dominating periods of the match, Brock dominating. I expected to see two um, two athletes, two wrestlers taking each other on in a grueling contest where either of them could win. Um, this is, and I was thinking back to this just before we start talking about it. Brock now seems to have three different matches. He's either got the immediate squash, he's got uh, the one against the plucky underdog who beats him up so long, but then he gets the win in the end. Or is there is the bash em, smash em robots where you just have a full special move meter ready on the you know your video game and you can just go and hit special move after special move, super move, and it's a quick match and it's all done. And that was one of them. And that really disappointed me. I expected it to be a lot more of a contest, a lot more of a, um, like I say, a wrestling match, two of them throwing between each one. I thought they'd afford Drew that. But instead, it is just another one of these where you wind up the cars and set them off against each other and they'll smash together and whichever one wins, so be it. And it was the same for the Universal title match. Um, it has disappointed me coming out that the two biggest titles are now settled by, what were there, about five wrestling moves out of the whole two matches. Um, I expected something a bit more competitive in it. And yes, I know these types of matches, you know, you can't always have a 25-minute, five-star technical masterclass. But Drew, I think, is more than just a claymore kick. Um, he's got a lot more to offer. And I think the match could have afforded that, but I think it just goes back to what Brock's what Brock wants to do. And if he's given his title up, then he'll wrestle whichever kind of match he wants to wrestle. And that was disappointed. I expected something a bit more, um, trying to think of the right word. Yeah. A bit more competitive. I expected something a bit more than just Claymores and F5s, but 
it's it, I think it's the right result. Maybe not the right time, but it's the right result. Yeah, I think the, I think it just in sorry, Danny. In comparison to the night before, we was all saying on yesterday's podcast we all went to bed on a high. Do you know what I mean? Danny stayed up till ten o'clock in the morning buzzing. Um, was last <laughs> night? It was just like, oh, WrestleMania's over. I went to bed thinking about Bray Wyatt and <laughs> not not in that way, but I went, to, <laughs> I went to bed thinking about the John Cena Bray Wyatt thing and not. Do you know what I mean? When it went off air, it was like a bit flat. Considering it was like the guy who won the Royal Rumble winning the title off the monster heel, I don't think it should have felt like that. Um, so yeah, for me, it was a bit different than the night before. But maybe I think we should talk about like what what what's our overall takes from this WrestleMania? Thumbs up? Are we what what have we taken away from it? For me, it'd be the fact that you need to fuck the live crowd and what they think. If you think a match is going to be better by pre-recording it, doing like. For me, WWE have done a great job of these two things that they've done, and they need to just... I want to see Undertaker, Bray Wyatt having these sort of things once, twice a year. They need to forget what the live crowd think, because if you'd have had Undertaker, AJ, and Cena versus Bray just at WrestleMania, I don't think the critical acclaim, big word for me, would have been there like on the level it has been from the majority today, but... Yeah, so I, that's my take, is not, to get someone over at a big pay-per-view, you don't necessarily have to have them go bell-to-bell in the ring, one, two, three. There's other ways. I, th- I think they've made AJ. Even AJ, who didn't win the match, lost the match, I think he's going to come out a bigger star just from the excitement and the hype of the match that took place. So, yeah, I thought big thumbs up. I'm glad they just didn't stick to. I was criticising them in how they set up the arena. They weren't thinking out of the box. But in terms of what they actually did, I thought going in it would just be matching the warehouse, matching the warehouse. Let's just get it out of the way with, get it there, get WrestleMania done. But no, they thought, right, credit to them, they thought, right, these matches now, we don't have to do in front of a live crowd. Let's think out of the box and let's see what we can do with it. And I thought they were both brilliant. So well done to WWE. Yeah, I mean, if I look at over the course of both nights, if I look at like, my top three moments, should we say. Um, first of all, I'd look straight towards the Boneyard match. Um, something near enough universally loved, and that's hard to get in the wrestling world. Uh, don't get me wrong, it still had its critics, um, and I can understand why. Um, the second one would be the ladder match. Um, the the three-way. Again, people will have their attention taken away from it by the fact that it's not a tag team match and it was for the tag team titles, but the actual match I enjoyed very much. But the, the, the most impressive thing for me is the decision to go ahead with this WrestleMania and do it over two nights. It was, the, I will say, the absolute best way, despite all of the negativity about Edge and Randy Orton and the two cinematic matches, despite what you may have thought, loved or hated, the decision to go ahead with this year's WrestleMania. I said it yesterday, it took me out completely of the fact that this pandemic is going on in the world, and I'll finish um, my my top three moments on that. Tebs, what do you think? Yeah, fully agree in terms of splitting it across two nights. I think uh, if the if they don't do this moving forward, um, I, I think they'll get a lot of criticism. To be honest, I think next year if they do one that you know an eight-hour show, um, all in one night, I think you'll just get a lot of people walking away from it saying it would have been better over two. 
I think you've given people a taste of what they can have now um, and they've shown it works, then absolutely they should be doing this moving forward. Um, in terms of my top three takeaways, you know what? Uh, the Boneyard match is growing on me. Um, I watched it again the other day, uh, earlier yesterday. Um, I wasn't convinced at first. Again, I didn't know what to expect going into it a second time, understanding what you're watching and the context it's in. And the imagery behind it, the storytelling, the taker riding away from his symbol. Yeah, I was fully on board with that, and I can appreciate what they've done there. Um, the you know going down into singular moments, John Morrison um, doing his uh, balance walk, wire work <laughs> across the top rope into a Spanish fly off the top rope. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. um, and. I just think the uh, the moment is this generation's macho man and Elizabeth with Otis and Mandy going <laughs> off into the sunset together. Um, yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah, definitely. I just, you know what I mean? That's this generation's, uh, like I say, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And, you know, I, I know it's not, you know, it's not a classic match and uh, a lot of people might scoff at it, but it's whatever you take away. Um for me, wrestling is more than just what happens in between the ropes. It's the stories behind it. And if something, you know, touches a nerve with you, if something can resonate with you and you can buy into it and you can appreciate the outcome, um, then the story's worked. And uh, I, you know what? I can't decide between what was my favourite night, as it were. Um, the only thing that had marked night two down against night one is that Edge Randy Orton last man standing match. I think that just you know, killed the momentum um, of the evening. I think it, if everybody else was feeling the same way as me, it just saps your, um, your enthusiasm. It just sort of drained you. Um, I think night one handled that a bit better. The only sort of long match of night one, well, they're all about sort of 15, 20 minutes, the longer matches, the taker match was the longest. Um, that would be my only criticism of night two. But absolutely, yes, I'm looking forward to next year now as well. Yeah, well, you're right, Danny. Can I just say you're right, Danny? It was the correct decision to go ahead. I whinged, bitched, cried, screamed about the fact they were going ahead and what a bad decision it was. I was wrong. Great decision to go ahead. I've had a really good weekend watching wrestling, talking about it with you two. They even got a new diehard fan in G, who is (laughs) currently working his way through the documentaries on the WWE Network. I thought you were going to say he's working his way through the network content. He's just got to Roddy Roddy Piper versus Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's He went to WrestleMania last year, Tebs, and we were there. He, he was falling asleep at shows. He was touring the stadiums while we were there. He probably didn't see any wrestling. And then this year he thought, I might give this wrestling a try. <laughs> Watched it. <laughs> it. I said it last year. You know what? Going to WrestleMania with G and you and Neil for the majority of the, the events was absolutely fantastic for me. Because I'm a, I'm a big lad. Let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> and Are you st- thinking of the spaces? I know I where have, this is going. The stadium, stadium seating is not the most <laughs> ergonomic for the larger gentleman. No, um, I agree. I agree. So to be to be in Madison Square Garden, it, I mean, I, I went to Hamilton as well, but G wasn't there for that one, but I had a spare seat there. Madison Square Garden, the Brooklyn Centre a couple of times, WrestleMania, and I could just spread out. I could put my drink on the chair next to me. 
Thank you, Jake. You've just you, you made my entire WrestleMania uh, that little bit more comfortable just by not being there. So I always appreciate it. <laughs> Wherever he was, as long as he wasn't sat next to me. Shame I can't say the same thing. Oh, there you go. You see, there you go. Well, lads, just before we we finish, is there anything you want to you want to finish on from personal points of view or a talking point from the from the weekend? I just think it's all—it's just been good, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? We've—we're living in a crazy period at the moment, and it's just—it's just been nice to get a bit of a respite from worrying about what's going to go wrong next. So edge Randy Orton, give it the best shot, but everything else—it—it—it it, it, it was good, wasn't it? I feel like I've said to you, Danny. I feel like it sort of made me not having like all the other wrestling to watch and just everything. It just made me sort of like sort of appreciate the positives of WWE. Which probably yeah. about the next time we do a podcast, I'll have forgotten all about, and I'll be back to hating Vince McMahon. So, yeah. Well, to, to to be fair, when we were in, um, when, I think it was when we were in New Orleans, or whether it was when we were in New York, one of them, we went to the Raw, which was on the Monday, and you said, "I'm going to uh, I'm going to change my views on WWE. I'm going to appreciate them more and not criticize them as much because you, meaning me." Um, seem to enjoy it a lot more by not doing so. That was on the Monday on the Raw. By Tuesday, you were fucking fuming in SmackDown. <laughs> oh, it was a bad show, that was, wasn't it? <laughs> um, Tebs, anything you want to finish on, mate? Um, no, just great. Uh, great weekend, I think. Uh, we basically have two uh, WWE pay-per-views, um, better than average pay-per-views, two nights running. Um, you know, we're very lucky to have that at the minute. Some people don't have anything. Uh, the fact is, we're into a hobby, sport, pastime, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, which has the ability to carry on in some form, whether it should or not, is another thing. Um, I think we're very lucky to have this put on for us. Uh, I've enjoyed, you know, every minute bar the 36 in the middle of night, too. And um, I've enjoyed spending the time with you two. Uh, talking shit about it afterwards. Great fun. That's, that's, um, that's, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that hang was... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Danny, this time next year, where are you going to be? Are you going to be in Liverpool? Are you going to be in LA? Liverpool? To be decided. Well, definitely. I'm going to tell you what, I, I wanted to say this on this show so I'd remember it. I guarantee this time in 12 months, coronavirus like going ahead, Danny will be in Los Angeles. As much as he says he's not going, he, he's just like that girl that plays hard to get and then eventually sees that there's £10 off the flights and thinks, oh, I might as well go then if I'm saving this tenner. I'll go. So yeah, Danny, we know that this time next year we'll be together and I'll be like, fucking hell, WWE shit in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically, yeah. Normal, we, we, normal service will be resumed. Yeah, normal service will resume. We, we will be back at the weekend reviewing WrestleMania 20, so look out for that show. Uh, maybe if we've got a bit of free time. I'm not sure if either of you two have any free time at the moment. Maybe we'll talk about the Raw after Mania uh, at the end of the week, uh, maybe something else if we have a spare 45 minutes. So check out for that. Go on our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Twitter. Um I'm going to see if I know this off the top of my head. So Tebs is at Northern Tebs. Danny is at Danny NW Pod. N-W pod. <laughs> so I had to type it on the YouTube info last night twice because I uploaded 
for 10 minutes, I actually uploaded the version just from Skype without any editing. So you can hear us after it wittering on shit. So I had to quickly delete that and re-upload it. So yeah. I thought you, I thought you were supposed to have done that. I should have said something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I clicked on it and I thought, oh, flipping heck, I hope we hadn't like, said anything wrong here. <laughs> I was listening right to the end. I was waiting for you to be commenting on uh, slating the, your pizza boy or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, <laughs> well... Thank you very much, chaps. That was the WrestleMania that nearly never was. Whether you loved it or you hated it, WWE made the exact right decision to go ahead with this. Please subscribe and share for more fun and content for all the major events around the wrestling world. From us here at Neutral Wrestling, we sincerely hope you enjoyed the biggest weekend in the wrestling calendar. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll catch you down the road.